It's August 5th, 2021. This is Ablecraft, episode four. I'm Abel Kirby. And I'm Sir Spencer. And we're back again on Thursday afternoon. Oh, yes. Ablecraft. For some album talk, some app talk. We've got some clarity coming up, hopefully, maybe. Um, Clarity would make uh, everything really weird. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like someone's name. Yay, did you see Clarity last week? Clarity. I I wish I did. (laughs) So we had some... Oh, go ahead. Forgot to get Clarity's number. Yeah, we forgot to get Clarity's number here. Shucks. So I was listening to the podcast 2.0 show. And uh, right off the bat, I want to bring this up on the the show that I bought a URL. Way to go. Yeah. And so at the end of podcast, uh, podcasting 2.0, we had Dave and Adam were talking about Bobcats and links, links, linkses. Right. And uh, I got inspired and I said, whoa, podcast index reminds me of Bobcat index. So I bought bobcatindex.com. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to figure out what we want, really want to do with it. I think that's going to be the uh maybe the demo project site um because it's it's kind of tongue-in-cheek it's silly you know it's now you just need podcastgoldthwaite.com we've got to have i don't know it feels like what we have to have is a at least a little bit of a service that we can provide and i keep coming back to this every time i think about what we're doing big picture i feel like we need to have a static hosting kind of service where what we can do is ingest some mp3s and they get put up with an an rss feed that's correct for them and you know it's in the right format that we decide on and get statically hosted basically it could be on an amazon bucket or something you know static hosting on amazon's not too bad yeah and if we just had a way to add these things uh in there you know if we had a oh here's a band they want to get their stuff online okay here it is and you know it's maybe even something we can do for free just to you know, uh, promote the idea that we're that we're uh, trying to come up with here. Sure, well, that'd be cool. Or uh, build, you know, the standard. Oh yeah, like, two two or three percent split of developers of other apps. I'm thinking that what I what I want to have is either some kind of Python script or some kind of GUI desktop GUI that you can select your MP3s. You can uh, maybe copy data out of the ID3 tags if you want, or you can basically author that RSS. Uh, file statically for the website that it's going to go up to and it's just a little tool that puts in you know the, all the uh, the xml in the right place because that's all we're really talking about with publishing and you know i think that's my next uh what i want to bring to the table next week is a working demo for that i don't know we're, i've looked at how to do it um in python it is absolutely simple it's dead simple to do this kind of thing but the problem with python is distributing it and that's the thing that I, that always gets me, is what we really need is for people to be able to have an EXE file or something they can run. Not every musician's going to want to run Linux or run a script or download Python and understand how to you know install it and add it to Path is a Definitely. huge is a huge ask for someone who just wants to put their music online. So yeah, that's something I want to have figured out by next week, and that's something I'm going to work on. Perfect. Um, in the meantime, we had some sessions, uh, jam sessions with, uh, Flesh, Fletcher. Uh, I least, heard, yeah. I heard about that. That sounds awesome. So him and I met, um, what was it last weekend? Uh, talked through some ideas for how, uh, one of our songs should go. 
this was uh, Monday Ghost was the name of the song. And so we came up with a bass line we, you know, earlier, and we talked about how the intro should be. We figured out, you know, as what we're both vibing uh, for how the song should go and ended up putting it down. So now we have most of a bass line, at least part of a bass line. Uh, I, the file I had didn't go through the whole song, but I also have the guitar part down, and it's looking for drums. It's itching for drums. Now, is this in uh, the demos or the recording? This is in demos. Okay. So we decided that because we were doing experiments, we were just going to call it Demo 3. Okay. Instead of calling it Recording 1. Just because it gives us that creative leeway to do whatever the hell we want. Um, it it may actually become the recording, but don't tell anyone that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, your secret's safe with me. Yeah, don't tell anyone. No one can know this. Okay. Um, other than that, I talked to our production guy. Um, and it sounds like it's not going to work out, unfortunately. And it, uh, I always, always knew that was a chance, and that's why we weren't sure uh, bringing too much detail into that. But um, he's getting a lot of work lately, and uh, always a good was, problem to have. Yeah, I was, I was telling him, you know, it doesn't have to be a freebie. We can uh, pay you for your time, but you know, you've got some other things to do. So it, it looks like he's talking to a uh, a friend who might be interested in picking us up as. I'm kind of leery on this. Every time someone says they have a friend who's going to help me with a project, it has never worked out. So Sure. My assumption is that we're starting from scratch, and I'm going to have to find a new mix engineer. Now, did my friend ever get in touch with you? No, of course he didn't. Uh, of course he didn't. You know why? Because they never do. Because, yeah, because he's my friend, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, you know, so we'll how keep you, looking. So how you been doing? I've been doing pretty good. I've been, this is like one of the busiest weeks I've had in so long, but, um, those, those keyboard shortcuts you taught me last week have been helping out on the, uh, you know, splitting up the tracks with S. Yeah. And, uh, I think I have laid down for, uh, Willow Brown kind of where I want it to go. And now I'm just kind of keeping the best parts. Um, it's great. There's sort of a spot in the, uh, you know, it kind of builds toward right before the last uh, iteration. The yeah. Last, I, I want to say the like chorus. A jam. I just kind of, I think I want to go like mostly snare there and have like a, just a lot of snare build. Yeah. Uh, there's some that kind of more recently came to me to take. So I've been trying to work that part out. And then really the uh, Monday Ghost thing is what I was most <laughs> excited to do because it's got that weird time signature and everything. Yeah. And, and I kind of know how I want to tackle it but then the last time i opened monday ghost it was like it was like 30 I, seconds I, and the click well the click track was off and i think the in the recording version one yeah that's and what then, that's what i figured out with fletcher was which time signature is i, I kind of did a little bit after he left we, we figured out most of it while we were there but i went through and i set the tempo change markers in monday ghost to be in the right place so Perfect. that if the click track's on, it, it does have the right number of beats. So it's, if it's in 7-8 time, it has 7-8 notes. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, because that's what was getting me is, you know, I can kind of force through it. But then for some reason, that higher pitched click would just yep. like, it's, it just like knocks you, knocks your feet out from under you. And you're like, ah! Yeah. So there's good news, good progress on recording. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, I expect to, by the next time we do one of these have at the very minimum monday ghost and uh willow brown to you All in right. midi data what about um the, the track that i'm the only one who likes uh what was it called uh like wine oh like wine yeah that's on my list too oh it's on, yeah i'm gonna get to it 
No one likes that song, but that'll be the that'll be the, the it's it's in the queue. <laughs> it's in the queue. All right. Some of these, it's funny because when you're working on this kind of stuff, you start with a total unfamiliarity, and then the more you work on certain ones, they'll get stuck in your head, and you get to really yeah. actually learn the song until you like know what's coming next. And so, I'm I'm like that for sure with Monday Ghost and Willow Brown and Making Beans, and then. <laughs> Like wine, I'm not there yet with with the f- super familiarity, you yep. know. Making beans, man. I I know the chorus, and I but then I'm like, how does it start, and how does it? Uh, I need to I need to listen to it like two to three hundred times, and then I'll be there to figure it out. Yeah, which will happen. Yes, uh, surprisingly, by the time you finish working on a song, uh, you're so sick of it you never want to hear it again. It's <laughs> <laughs> my experience. Anyway. Uh, uh, we had a couple other things going on. I mentioned last time we had or I had some issues with Podfriend and, oh, right. and with Breeze in just getting sats into my wallet and out of my wallet and all that good stuff. Yep. And that seemed to have fixed itself. I didn't do anything. It may be that that transaction that I, or the channel I tried to open finally opened and I just didn't pay attention to it. But Podfriend is now seamless to me, at least on Windows. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I don't know, you know, somehow those apps have their own channel management that, you know, the user doesn't really see. Yep. And I just kind of wonder how, I don't know anything about how they work or how they know what channels to open to where and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's something that gets smarter over time, the longer you use it or, you know, I got, I just have, I have no idea. I got some traces of those timeouts though. And it found, it turns out that they were going out to uh pod friend was generating those, um, those key send messages correctly and they were going out to the network and they make two hops and then they'd hit one of the channels I was on and despite having all of the the fees set to unlimited they would never get past I can't remember I think it was crypto clocks was the name of it huh and for some period of time they just weren't passing my traffic it would time out after two or three hops then at one point it would it would go through but it would time out like three times and it would go through on the third one and then it went back, so it would time out the first time, and then it would go through the second time. And now it's, you know, it's, I guess it's temperamental. The Lightning Network's temperamental. Yeah, there's some some weird things, I think, within Sphinx that we've been playing with. Like, uh, on Tuesday, C-Mike was boosting me, and he was just, he's basically like, all right, Sphinx is to the amount of bugs that I just kind of want to empty my stats and do something else for a while. Yeah. Which is, you know, totally fine. It's... Um, it is what it is. It It is a little bit of a headache to, to see all the messages and stuff. So he dumped me a boost of 42,333. And weirdly, the, I have the value split for my show to go to two different nodes, 50-50. And so half of them went to my Raspberry Pi node, and the other half failed to go to the Voltage node. And so... He, you know, put that boost in there, but only half of it actually went through, and then half of it just stayed in his wallet. Huh. So little, little idiosyncrasies. I, we've seen that failure mode before. It seems like if it doesn't go through, it just stays in the wallet. Yep, it just stays in there, and it doesn't really say, oh, failed or anything. You, yep. you'd, have to, you'd have to check your node to know. And that's another weird thing. So uh, when you're talking about the timeouts, are you testing that by streaming to your own node and then looking at it? Because... The wallet associated with these apps while you're using them is not connected to your node in any way, right? The timeout that I was having, um, 
was moving money from my wallet to Podfriend. Oh, I see. And so that was a transaction I initiated. I'm sorry. Uh, I might have said key send earlier. That was wrong. It wasn't key send. It was an invoice. Oh, sure. So is it an on-chain to add uh, sats to your wallet, or is it Lightning? Um, no, it's Lightning. So it's, okay. it's on-chain to get the the Bitcoin into my node, but then sure. once it's in my node, it's a Lightning transaction. So the fees are like two or three sats. It's right. nothing to move it from my node to the custodial wallet that uh, Podfriend has. Whatever whatever service they use, I'm still not sure about how the back end of that works. But that was the transaction that kept failing. Or timing gotcha. out, I should say. Gotcha. See, I wonder if they integrate LN Pay with the back end or if they have some other way. I know that I know that LN Pay was like something that all the developers were looking at uh, as to how to use. And I'm I wanna say with CurioCaster, they I know for sure they used to use an LN Pay wallet because you had to like log into LN Pay. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a now it's like a custodial wallet through their app, which um, is way easier to use as far as user experience goes. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, ooh, it's custodial. You want non-custodial? Ooh, la, 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 yeah. you know? I don't know how you set up. We're basically talking about like a check system. You know, like uh, instead of giving you cash directly, I'll give you a, I'll give you a check from my node that you can uh, then pass off to a third party. And uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know how you, how you get away from having to actually put sats into a pod friend wallet in order to stream them you know otherwise the other thing i guess is pod friend is uh is telling your wallet to go is commanding it to go make payments and it has to just obey those right well which is scary in its own way i kind of like that buffer zone where you're saying all right i'm gonna load my pod friend wallet with fifty thousand sats and then i don't know if if shit really hits the fan then at least you know those fifty thousand sats are in that wallet like nothing more you know yeah rather than giving them the keys to your note or to whatever that is to you know my keys signing a blank check was is seems a little bit more uh, spoopy but it it's is. still it's the early days you know and nobody has it's, there's no familiarity because there's no consistent experience really so we're all trying to kind of figure out what it should look like and what what feels and looks right so i did a little bit of research on the Creative Commons uh, music scene. And I went to, I think it was creativecommons.org or something. It was it was whatever the first website came up when I when I looked at it. It might have been .cc now. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. But they had a list of different services that use Creative Commons music. And the reason I'm interested in this is because under the right Creative Commons license, it's perfectly um, uh, allowed to take music that's published under one of these licenses and throw it up on something like Bobcat index. Sure. Or it, it just, just to, you know, so that when you open an app, you know, the first time there's actually music to play, it gets a little hairier when there's, when you, they use a different uh, creative commons license, which is the non-commercial one. Right. And as going through this, the, the purpose of the non-commercial license became more and more apparent to me. Um, let me read down some of these companies. Um, the first one I want to talk about was the uh, Magnatune Store, which was some it's somehow associated with another, uh, I think it's a Linux piece of uh, software called Amarok. And it has, or it's a, it's a music store where you can buy stuff. And so it has touted as its features that you can preview all the music before you buy, not just 30 seconds. 
you know, I guess is important if you if you still live in, I don't know, 10 years ago on iTunes. But like I said before, I've never bought an album where I didn't listen to at least a couple of the tracks all the way through. Right. Not in the last 10 years anyway. And most sites let you do that. You can find the music on YouTube. So I don't know if that's compelling. They have their no DRM. Okay, this is great. And they have all the different uh, formats. And they're selling, um, you know, CD quality was what they call it, lossless. I think it's supposed to be better than CD quality, depending on the bit depth. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but they have 50% cut for the musicians. And I thought that was bullshit. <laughs> so uh, if you go to the Magnatune store, they'll take 50% of the purchase price and the uh someone else is going to take i suppose 40 percent because then they say 10 percent of the purchase actually goes directly to amarek so, oh yeah know. that seems way high so yeah it's <laughs> all fucked up this is not what would organically show up right who's gonna charge who's gonna pay 50 percent to uh to host an mp3 like we're we're talking two or three percent you know yeah. and then these guys come in like half right off the bat oh man yeah that's well, greedy. Even OnlyFans only takes 10%. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah. Talk uh, about sleazy. The other one, this was listed as a Creative Commons site, uh, or a site which features Creative Commons music, was SoundCloud. And I know there's Creative Commons stuff on there, but, uh, you know, that's not what I think about when I think about SoundCloud. I think about um, people paying to get their music promoted by SoundCloud to... Uh, anyone so you get like the drive-by playlist we've talked about this before right they're happy to take the traffic from the indie uh, producer the kid who made oh look i made one track okay they'll play that one track and then the next thing they play for you is whoever they're promoting that week yep so i don't like soundcloud um the experience of soundcloud is the experience of getting hundreds of bot comments of like sexy bots in your er oh, area yeah you know, if you ever you ever had a soundcloud dme bb yeah all of my uh <laughs> dme bb yeah all of my uh, no agenda meetup promos are on SoundCloud. Yeah. Plus my two, plus my two little end of show mixes. So you I've get made. those, yeah, new comments on your SoundCloud, and and it's just spam. It's all yeah. junk. Show Bob's. Show Bob's. Show Bob's and Fajid. <laughs> you know, Show Bob's. I think Show Bob's would be uh, an interesting like strip club name. No doubt. It's show Bob's. <laughs> you know what you're getting you get you gotta go there she's gonna you're gonna get showed bobs yeah yeah hey who doesn't like a little bob showed <laughs> oh boy uh we had cc mixer was one which was called the global music community in quotes uh by themselves i suppose but it's a kind of a remix i don't know how to describe it some of these are really really hard to figure out but it's like a service where they have the vocal isolations are available the um you know you can basically go through a bunch of songs where it's just the vocal tracks, but they're all like creative commons, so you can go and mix them into things. And oh, nice! Uh, my takeaway was it looked, you know, it wasn't my scene, but it looked like it would be an interesting resource, and it didn't feel as scummy as some of these other things. Gotcha. Uh, there was Indiba Music was one, and it says it's a place to build a profile, promote your tunes, and collaborate with other musicians. So it's. To me, it just sounds like one of the dime a dozen startups that never did anything interesting. Sure. Apparently, they have Creative Commons music on there, so you can build a profile and promote your tunes, your Creative Commons tunes. I don't know. Um, Bandcamp showed up on the list. This is, I, I suppose, the official Creative Commons list. It came off from their site. Bandcamp was on there, and I know Bandcamp... I, I don't think of Bandcamp as being Creative Commons at all. Uh, 
I think no, of them as I, one of I think the, of them as like uh sort of Bandcamp to me feels more of like the touring acts. Yeah. Like booking shows primarily, but also music sharing. That and the storefront's really cool. Only I, time I really used them was when I managed the this little music venue. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'd get touring acts that come through that I'd book through Bandcamp. Couple other but, ones, yeah. couple other ones on here. We had uh, Jamando Music had a was referenced, but it didn't have a web page that worked, so I didn't get any info on that. There was Op Sound, and I couldn't find any info on that either. And then the last one, or the last two here, we had uh, a company called Tribe of Noise, and it looked like they bought a company called Free Music Archive, which sounds like a Creative Commons, you know, database. Sure. But here's the deal with Tribe of Noise. This this illuminates what the purpose of the uh, non-commercial CC uh, license is. That Tribe of Noise is basically a company that sells non-commercial CC songs. So non-commercial means that you can download it and listen for free and use it for anything as long as you don't get paid. Right. Uh, as soon as you make money off from it, then it's uh, the license doesn't apply and you're supposed to have a royalty-free agreement or some special deal with the author. And so what they've set themselves up as is the middleman between the Creative Commons people. They say, hey, look, you can be CC by and anyone can... Uh, uh, I'm CC by um, no commercial, I think is what it what it's actually called. You can put your stuff up and everyone can listen to it, but it, you know, when Steven Spielberg hears this and wants to put it in his movie, you know, we're, we'll we'll make that deal happen for you for a nominal fee and oh that's sweet of them it's it's not a service to listen to music on or to buy music on it's like the whole point of this seems to be to sell you know songs by like diamond dozen stuff like i need some backing track i need a i need a royalty free club sounding mix for the indie film i'm making they have to be playing a song but i can't use a real song because then i'll have to pay for it these guys are just going to like run management on it basically. Yeah. And so it's not come in here dear boy have a cigar. Yeah. If if you're a band, I don't think this is where you want to be. Now there's a business there if you are putting together these kinds of generic, oh, I'm going to make something that sounds like a, a club song or it sounds like a rock rock concert, you know. And it can be super generic. There's a apparently there's a market for that and this is what they're into, but it's not a place where you go to listen to music. And so I, I kind of wrote them off as not interesting to me. Um, the last one was Restorm, which is short for Revolution Storm. Oh. And they talk about the evolution of rock music in their, uh, in their page. And the thing, about, the thing about their page is when you play a song on it, it basically embeds a YouTube.com video inside it. Oh, and very, so, very spicy. All I could think of is if I was going to watch music or listen to music on YouTube, why wouldn't I just go to YouTube? Why do I need an extra step in the middle? Yeah, that's interesting. So this was a company that they offered services to bands, and I guess anyone else who would buy it, what they would do is you'd sign up for an account with them, and they'd make a custom app. Download our band's app. Ah. Uh, You can listen to our music and get cool uh, inside info messages from the band members or something. You know, it's... It's like this. It sounds like trash. I mean, is everybody needs an app, right? Yeah, no, not everyone needs an app. (laughs) And it had some other stuff inside there, like, oh, well, you can, you can pay to get your band promoted, and we'll make sure that a an industry uh, scout is going to hear your demo tape. You know, it's, and you don't know what an industry scout is. You know, that could be like uh, someone's uh, brother who's uh, 
who's uh, been in a recording studio once and says he's got the ear. You know, it's, maybe they send it to Tribe of Noise. Maybe they send it to Tribe of Noise. That's it. We found it. <laughs> but anyway, it's not a service to listen to music on. And my takeaway from this, and the reason that I'm pointing out that these aren't really services that you'd listen to music on, I guess SoundCloud aside, but I don't think of them as being Creative Commons. And Bandcamp aside, I don't really think of them as being Creative Commons stuff. Uh, there's not a great venue to just put your stuff out there. Yep. I, I think this is part of our solution. This is part of what we can we can do is have the cheap, independent producer who just wants to put their stuff out so people can listen to it. This is the way to do it. It's going to be static hosting with an RSS feed. I love the idea. And the there's really this desert of how to listen to music what's a fun way to listen to music the last best way was the ipod when the ipod was cool when oh, yeah. you had iPod all video. your mp3s in your own folder on your own hard drive and you know they were in your pocket like you had them all digitally it wasn't like you had to wait for the cloud or you had to have a data connection or you had to have you know somehow be online yep. it was just all loaded onto your device in mp3 form that was the last cool way to listen to music then pandora was like me okay and it just deteriorated from pandora now spotify people i see articles about people bitching about how spotify sucks now because they're trying to force you to listen to podcasts and all the music only listeners to spotify are like look i don't listen to podcasts on spotify that's not why i listen to spotify i listen for music that's it so i i think that Spotify might be the closest thing to a decent experience and and they're ruining it currently. Yeah. They're I, ruining they're ruining their own experience. I think they're no place to be if you're uh if you want distri- well, I guess the the only thing about Spotify is that it, a lot of people have accounts with them. Right. And a lot of people pay them so many bucks a month to be able to listen to whatever they want. And that's a big appeal. So I understand why if you if you're a band you want to be on Spotify, but you know, I don't see why they should have an exclusive deal. Like, if you want to do something no. independent, you you shouldn't have to go through Spotify. I agree. Yeah, you should... Maybe it's all right to be available on Spotify, but to say that you're available nowhere but Spotify is, I think, yeah. really limiting your own uh, potential. Yeah. As far as we know, you know, at one day, Spotify is going to take our, our idea. They say, hey, you know, we, we aggregate things. We're going <laughs> to suck up all the music from, uh, from uh, Bobcat Index. I can see it right now in their yeah. board meeting. Hey, you've been listening to this uh, Abel Kirby podcast? <laughs> he sings it's, about uh, Abel beans. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, uh, they can really figure it out, man. They're just putting it out there like idiots. We should just do that. Oh, we dear. don't even have to pay them. <laughs> well, there's there's a bunch of stuff out there, though, that's fair game. If If Spotify can make money off the back of, say, a podcast like NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts, where what they sure. have is they have NPR does their bullshit, they get a prominent artist in and they do a little free concert well that's available as a podcast and so spotify is perfectly happy to you know you can get a free account but if you're with spotify you know you're probably a customer i think a lot of people who use spotify are paying for it well if they include that as part of their content even though technically you don't need spotify to listen to it it's like you know they're they're happy to put that in in their offerings right i don't see why we should be uh avoiding anything like this i think we should have npr tiny desk concert should be up there uh as one of the oh, first yeah. things you you see and which means right. that you're gonna see uh dave matthews playing an acoustic guitar or or hear him playing you know and singing a song sure. maybe, 
maybe that's a turnoff. Some people don't like the guy, but you know, there's material out there that's published by the people who own the rights for it in an RSS feed. Yeah, I think everything that's fair game or fair use should definitely be included. And in. if there's no difference from an app like a podcatcher, like a, any any podcast app, playing that music for free. And you or us making a, a project where we index that and then you can play it for free. I don't see yeah. any difference between that. And then maybe we have a deal where it's like, you know, you can plug in your own value system to it. Yeah. Well, then th we've done, you know, 90% of the work. You just point it to a node and reap the benefits. Yeah. And I don't think that we're putting ourselves out there by adding the money in because what the, uh, the payments are controlled by the person who publishes the rss feed that's not, correct not by us that's correct so and um npr doesn't take uh, bitcoin well that's fine it's not like we're taking anything from them we're just playing it right and that, that's the thing we wouldn't get any splits of stuff that didn't have a value stream that wasn't you know that value wasn't getting paid into and so, so what i'm saying is that when someone uploads the entire acdc discography uh and puts a value tag in it that's not my fault correct <laughs> That's right. Section 230. Section 230. You're going to want to talk to somebody else about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for the for this week. Beautiful. I got my little research project. Um, I've got a cotton gin on uh, on staff here. He doesn't oh, know it yet. Nice. He's joining the team. <laughs> I don't awesome. know if he's really hey, joining the team. He's... The more the merrier, even if it's uh, even if it's moral support, we can use it, whatever. Yeah, we, I'm going to get him uh, either picking his brain about some of these things, how to implement them in software, or, uh, I don't know. He's a technical guy, too, so he's going to help us out. Perfect. Cool. Uh, anything you want to add? Um, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just looking forward to laying down some drums. I know you're itching for some MIDI data, yeah. so I want you know I I like to give MIDI it to data. you. Oh, yeah, definitely. MIDI data. There ain't nothing I like better. You deserve the MIDI data, man. It's, it's mine. <laughs>